What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, guys? Just wanted to thank you all for coming in and supporting us every single week. Also wanted to let you know that this week's episode is a two-part podcast. The first part will be right here on the Mavs Step Back podcast, and the second part will be over on MavsMoneyBall.com on the Kirk Your Enthusiasm podcast with our good buddy Kirk Henderson. Uh, We discuss a lot of good stuff this week, both on this pod and on Kirk's pod. And be sure to go subscribe and give us both good ratings on Apple Podcasts. That really helps us out a lot. And we really appreciate it. Hope you enjoy this week's episodes. Hey, this is Dirk Nowitzki, and you listen to the Maps Step Back Podcast. Yes, the Mavericks, all about action. Don't do no acting, no Samuel Jackson. Dirk at the ball, you know that it's magic. Post move deadly, yeah, get tragic. Look with the ball, yeah, get nasty. He'll drop 30, don't gotta ask him. Luka with the step back three. Oh, yeah! Boy, Chris Stabs, looking like Dirk and Nash in the gap. They just want to ring, want to fit a gap on your team head. I ain't talking heads, dang, go relax, still at a champ. Defense still coming with the gun. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host and DallasBasketball.com colleague, Matt Glatson. And tonight, we are joined by a familiar guest, a good friend of ours, Kirk Henderson. He is the editor-in-chief over at Mavs Moneyball. Kirk, how you doing tonight? I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad we finally did this because um, typing is annoying, and we talk to each other most days, and now we can yell at each other, which is much, much funner for anyone who's listening. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's... (laughs) There's been a lot going on lately, and uh seems like we've been trying to do it for the last couple months, and just something kept coming up after the other, but it's good to have you on again. And Matt, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm excited for, uh, for what we're going to talk about. We've got some spicy stuff coming up, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah. I can't wait. We're not going to start out with the spiciest of it, but I mean... <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready to get yelled at. So here we go. All right. So look, just starting out, I mean, the biggest uh, gossip, the biggest, the hottest topic on Mavs Twitter this week was when Brian Windhorse, I think it was on a podcast. Was it on his podcast? It was at the tail end of of a jump segment, which is both a podcast and an ESPN show. And they somehow, every day of, of the year, they somehow get 45 minutes of NBA content come hell or high water. And he uttered a, he uttered a unbelievably phrased sentence where, uh, I don't want to quote him, but it was like one of these things where those of us who do any sort of aggregation like pull our hair out because he said, if something along the lines of if the Mavericks are, or I'm sorry, if, if Giannis, uh, in any way, shape, or form leaves the Bucks, whether it be through free agency or trade, 
or decides he wants to not be there. Basically, the Dallas Mavericks are at the front of the line because they want a third star to pair with Luka Doncic and Chris Stapps. And it's one of those that right. for me, and, and <laughs> you guys know me, like I like rumor stuff like makes me angry because it, it, there's just no way to verify it. And like this wasn't even a rumor. It was like, you know, it, it, this is no different than like one of our, our, our f- folks we interact with on Twitter basically being like, you know what? The Dallas Mavericks are really interested in Giannis. Well, duh. Like, I, I just, I don't know what to do with this other than the it Mavs like, opens up all these feelings. The Mavs have been interested in Giannis since 2013. Mm, <laughs> mm. So it's a, good, that, it's a good point. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not a shocker there. I mean, you know, I mean, it's, it's no secret that the Mavs would love to acquire Giannis, whether it be through trade or through free agency next year, mm-hmm. just because you know, and Matt, you and I were talking about this the other day too, but you just know that Donnie, ever since Cuban kind of shut him out and didn't let him draft the guy, you know he's been waiting for this for quite a while. <laughs> now, oh, yeah. And now you have Luca, and you can pair him with, potentially pair him with Luca and, and KP. So, I mean, you know he's just kind of, drooling right now but anyway go ahead man well uh, i was just gonna say like this is the way that i took that from windhorst is is so hey would you guys like to have a million dollars just dropped off on your doorstep (laughs) (laughs) yeah cool okay i would too but like that doesn't mean it's gonna happen so i don't get what his what his goal was by saying something like that i'm pretty sure every team wants to be at the front of the line to pair Giannis with their with their stars um, well, I, just just the words "front of the line" is what you know. That's what catches people's attention. Like Kurt yes. said, he he worded it in a way where it's like, yeah, it's kind of obvious that the Mavs want a third star and they they're really interested in Giannis. But then he's just like, they'll be at the front of the line. Okay, well, what does if, that mean? <laughs> if you just said like the word "sources," which I know is like the most overused term in media, but if he had just used that word, like maybe there was somebody who was telling him this that he could rely on or that we could, you know, take seriously, I would feel a whole lot better about it. But right now it's just kind of like, well, okay. So I I actually want to talk about that because this is, this is very interesting to me. And I I want to phrase this delicately um, because I don't want to, I don't want to say this the wrong way, but throughout the NBA season, I can remember two distinct instances where people specifically the first one I know for was Zach Lowe where he had a segment in one of his you know 10 things posts where he noted that a rival exec or an exec had made a comment to the effect of Luca or uh, Giannis going to Dallas would be a problem (laughs) once again like another really obvious statement it would be a problem, but it's one of those things that where if it makes it to print or it makes it to air, the the kind of guy I am, which is very cynical and pessimistic about this sort of stuff, at a certain point, I have to wonder, is there more to it beyond sheer conjecture? Because, right. you know, it, it, because it is a good fit. Like, like that's the thing. Listen, fans who respond to us on Twitter in really strange ways, Giannis is Shaq. You take Shaq if he wants to come to you, and you make it work. 
Yes. Like it, it, this is a non-starter. So I, I just don't, I don't know how to feel about it because uh, I said this on our pod the other night, but Reese, uh, our friend at, at Mavs Fanatic said something which tickled me to no end where he, he tweeted, I'm ready to be hurt again. And it's, it's just such a, it's such an indicative phrase of how this has gone for us because you know, at Maz Moneyball, our, my colleague Josh wrote this 1,800-word screed, which was essentially, no, like just written over and over again, uh, because this sort of thing just upsets him. He wants the Mavericks to build. I, I, I can't help but turn and, and consider this as at least an option, because it's not going to go away if things get weird in Milwaukee. Now there's a lot of things that can go, you know, sideways. Like if he signs a supermax this summer, then this becomes a non-statement. But for right now, I just, you know, I I think we have to, we have to at least entertain it for the sake of, of, you know, one, our fan bases and our, our readership, because I think people like talking about this kind of stuff, but two, just because this is the way the league is now guys team up. Yeah, and I mean, look, I'm, I'm kind of, I have the same line of thinking as you do with this because you know it's one thing for for just us in the Mavs Twitter community, Mavs media, you know, stuff like that to to dream about this stuff, to write pipe mm-hmm. dream articles, and to you know jokingly mention it, but you know deep down we're thinking, man, we really want this to happen. It's another thing when you start hearing it in multiple places with the national media. You know, I I feel like I feel like that's when it's you know you, you kind of start to think okay well maybe this can actually happen because it's not just within our own little Mavs bubble. <laughs> Other people are talking about it now. So, I mean, I, I get excited about it. And look, it didn't help. It didn't help. You know, our sanity that uh, Luca and his girlfriend just happened to be on vacation in Greece this past week so okay <laughs> you know, you, you know he doesn't live in greece right you know Giannis lives in milwaukee with a newborn yes yes well, yeah. i know that but they were half a world away from each other but he's from greece and he goes and visits family back in greece in the off season he was in greece i remember okay so when when the, he was announced mvp and the nba on tnt crew interviewed him it was a zoom call and he was in greece you know that that's where he goes for the off season so i mean (laughs) that's where that's where my head is at with that you know it it probably nothing probably happened but you know just in your head it's like okay well this news just came out from brian windhorse this week news but you know he made a statement and then it's like oh well guess who's in greece right now luca it would be extremely hilarious if, like, Giannis or Luca posted a picture on Instagram, like, with each other <laughs> at some bar with their girlfriends or something, and we're just like, oh, oh. <laughs> you, you know what I mean, though? It's like, say say it does happen, and either the Mavs end up trading for Giannis, or it'd be more likely if they uh, signed him in free agency next summer rather than trading for him. But anyway – say they do end up signing him, it's like I could see that being one of the, you know, after it happens, people go into detail about the behind-the-scenes stuff. It's like, oh, yeah, remember that time Luca was in Greece? <laughs> sure. 
You know, yeah, I, I, mean, I could just see that being a, a thing later down the line. Probably not, but I mean. If there was any evidence of them, like, crossing paths in Greece, I would take it a little bit more seriously. But personally, I think it just boiled down to Luca's girlfriend wanted to go to, like, one of the coolest places on Earth <laughs> in Mykonos, yeah. and that's where they went together. And but, Matt, you wanted evidence. Did you not see that, that picture well, I put on Twitter? Where it zooms in on the mountain <laughs> in the background, was, and it, you could see Giannis waving. <laughs> if you want, if you want real evidence, real evidence to why this is an interesting thing, I think you have to go look at the last regular season matchup in the bubble between the Mavericks and the Bucks, where Giannis and Luca basically battled it out, and it was one of the best regular season games. It kind of got lost in the playoff shuffle um, with everything that's happened. That was um, awesome. Kevin Artovitz wrote this incredible story after the fact on Deadline that I still kind of think about where it talked about how those two could define sort of the, the rivalry in the NBA in the next few years. Then the Lakers went and won the title, so I guess it didn't really matter. <laughs> but it, it was it was just – it's one of those things that stand out to me because Giannis said something about Luka that, you know, American players, frankly, are not that complimentary of Luka. It's like a very reluctant um, – you know, this guy's really good, but, you know, kind of nonsense. Whereas Giannis essentially said, like, this is – I'm paraphrasing here, but the quote was along the lines of, this is one of the most talented people I've ever played against. And, yeah. like, this is like a, an eight, you know, seven, eight-year vet in the NBA. Like, he's played against some guys. He knows. So that that sort of thing, like, stands out in my head. And it's it's really a matter of, of you know, when it comes down to it with him, you know, what does he want? Does he want to compete? If he wants to compete, Dallas is an obvious choice. I, 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 I think it's far because, you know, Chark wrote about this in the preseason way, way back when, and he, he described uh, Giannis playing kind of the LeBron role and Luka playing the Kyrie role in, like, that 2016 Cavs universe where, you know, one, one guy's the freelancer and the other is, like, the dominant force. And from a, like, you know, team building pie in the sky because we have five months until there's basketball, I'm going to be happy thinking about it. Now, it, I, I'm, I'm, you know, building walls up around my heart like I'm in high school again and I'm a, a try to ask a girl out on a date knowing she's going to tell me no. But, like, this, like I'm still going to imagine things, okay, because it's too early to tell me no. Yeah. I mean, I, I think at this point everybody's like – I mean, we, everybody in the Mavs community, the Mavs fandom, Twitter, you know, everybody – I think everybody realizes that there is a small chance of it happening because just historically, you know, one, it's hard to get a guy to leave, especially if he's being offered a supermax. So that's the first hurdle you have to get over. Second, you have to get to free agency if he doesn't take the supermax. And, you know, you, you have to hope that if they do trade him, that your team is the one trading for him because (laughs) – (laughs) Right. He'd get traded somewhere else. He could like it. He could re-sign with that team. Or he might just do like Kawhi Leonard did and just do whatever you're going to do anyway and not care about it. But anyway, so that's the second hurdle you have to get over. And then you have to actually get to free agency and you have to beat out all these other teams trying to sign him. So, I mean, it's just the chances are small. But I think this is the best chance the Mavs have ever had despite all the – previous free agency failures, big swings and misses, I think this is the best chance they'll have. And they might not get it, but, I, I mean, I'm as hopeful as I've ever been just because they have Luka. 
So. Sure. Well, the, the thing about the trade is if it is a trade, I think your, I think your odds increase dramatically. And that's just because I, I feel like if Giannis wants to get traded somewhere, he's not going to want to get traded to Golden State. He's not going to want to get traded to the Lakers where he's like the third, like there's three guys. You know what I mean? Like he would come in here and he would be the, he would that's be the one guy on a, yeah. on a championship contending team. I mean, no disrespect to Luka, but you know, Giannis is going to be your guy. Am, am I right or wrong? Right. Right. So, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I don't so think Luca has any issue to, being the the guy that defers if if, yeah, that, if it comes if, to that. If if a player wants to get traded to a certain place, typically that happens. Yeah. Like look at Jimmy Butler going to Miami. Like he right. wanted to go to Miami. And they had zero cap. They had nothing, and he's in Miami. Yeah, he he, right. bull, he bull rushed he bull rushed himself into Miami. <laughs> Yeah, and who's to say Giannis can't do the same thing to come to Dallas? Yeah, right. AD. AD did the same thing. You know, he wanted to go to the Lakers, and he eventually made it happen. So, I mean, you're right. If, if he wants to come to Dallas, I mean, it'll happen. One way or mm-hmm. the other, he'll find himself in Dallas. So, well. I guess we just got to keep speaking it into existence until it happens. Right. right. We will right. be the three of us will be the driving force that makes it happen. All right. I agree. I agree. Look, Sorry, I, jo- Sorry I Josh. Have, I have no idea when the deadline is for, you know, I don't even know if there is a deadline. Like, I don't know when uh, the Bucks are going to officially be able to offer him that extension. But I want – I mean, you would think it would be before the draft, which is on November 18th. We're about a month away from the draft. You would think it would be before that. But I haven't seen anything officially. So – this next month is going to be crazy. We've already seen some rumors start to swirl. And, I mean, it, it's going to be a fun offseason. Uh, you know, it's going to make the holidays a lot more interesting. <laughs> interesting this year. Uh, going to have to leave the Thanksgiving table because the Mavs are, you know, chasing Danny Green in free agency again or something. Okay, but anyway. Oh God. <laughs> a Cowboys Super Bowl, a Rangers pennant, a Stars Stanley Cup, a Mavs championship, or more recently, a Luka Doncic playoff buzzer beater. How many fans have a t-shirt that captures these amazing Dallas sports moments, but refuse to wear it regularly due to having an overworked design and fabric that feels more like sandpaper? Red Peg Tees focuses on clever artwork and only prints on polycotton blends to give you that vintage t-shirt feel right out of the package. They are the number one sports t-shirt company representing our Dallas teams. So if you want an awesome t-shirt you'll actually wear often, visit redpegtees.com and use promo code REDPEG20 to get 20% off your purchase. Again, that's promo code REDPEG20 to get 20% off your purchase. Red Peg Tees, providing t-shirts for Texans by Texans. All right, so we're going to move on from Giannis. We're going to move on to this topic, which I teased on Twitter. I might get banned from Mav Twitter for even mentioning this. (laughs) Matt flamed me earlier when I warned y'all what I was going to bring up. But before I say it, let me give you a little, you know, background of how I came to this. So, Shams wrote a piece earlier today. 
sources. Yeah. <laughs> and Sham said the Mavericks are willing to take on large salaries from a team to acquire a star player, sources say. <laughs> Dallas is building the roster around its two stars, Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis, and could emerge as a destination for top talent. Okay, that's the first thing, and we'll get to Sham's wording later because I know, you know, he's not the greatest at doing that stuff. But just going off of what he said there, and then Bobby Marks, he posted a piece on ESPN talking about, you know, how Daryl Morey just stepped down from the Rockets GM position, and he said they had 83 million – they have 83 million committed to Harden and Westbrook for next season. They owe $57.4 million guaranteed to Eric Gordon. And he basically said, like, they have no picks. They have no – basically no way of improving going forward. So, if you pair what Sham said, <laughs> the Mavs being willing to take on salary to acquire a star, and then you immediately read what Bobby Marks was saying about the Houston Rockets. That got my galaxy brain, trade brain thinking. Ugh. What if the Mavs traded for James Harden and took Eric Gordon's $57 million guaranteed contract and traded the Rockets their picks this year, which he said Houston has none, mm -hmm. since Tim Hardaway Jr., Dwight Powell, DeLon Wright, you know, uh, Maxi Kleba, contracts that make the money work. What do you guys think of that? <laughs> can I go first? So I can oh, yeah. Please do. Go, go ahead and get it out of the way, Matt. Okay. First of all, <clears throat> the way that Shams worded that, and I, I think Kirk kind of agrees with me on this, it sounds to me like they're willing to take on very expensive contracts if it means getting them a third star that they can – pair with Luca and KP that that makes sense and that won't, you know, string them financially for the rest of existence. <laughs> um, not a super maxed 42, $43 million a year player. Um, the other thing is, you know, schematically and stylistically and whatever other buzzwords you want to throw out there, it just – James Harden would make absolutely no sense in Dallas. He and Luca are the same player, except Luca is I'll probably get fine for saying this. Luca is better, in my opinion. Um and you don't need it, it for me it would be it would be James Harden and Chris Paul all over again because you'd have two guys that just don't fit together that yeah, you're gonna win a lot of games because they're both so goddamn good. But eventually it's, it's going to crumble because one guy is going to want the ball, the other guy is going to want the ball, and then they're going to fight about it. And, you know, it's two extremely high usage guys trying to share the four in the playoffs. All right. And one of them's going to get pissed, and one of them's not. And it's, it, it's well, going to be I want to I get Kirk's take on this, but I want to play devil's advocate here because you guys know, I mean, I've, I've put out a handful of – you know, potential trade scenarios and stuff like that this offseason already. So, I mean, y'all know this would not be my first choice. But that being said, you're right. I mean, just from a 
not looking at it closely and just, you know, considering, oh, yeah, they both shoot step back threes and all that. Yeah, stylistically, I mean, there would be major questions there. But like you said, they're both so good. You're, you're going to win so many games. Like, I, when I put this together and I was thinking about it, I was just like, like, who's going to stop the Mavs on the offensive end of the court when you have Luka Doncic, James Harden, and Kristaps Porzingis <laughs> as, your, as your big three? You know, I mean, that, that just seems – that, that, that seems like there's no way to – and, I mean, we know the biggest question would be is, you know, would those guys be able to, you know, play with the ball out of their hands less than what they are now? Because it's two of the highest usage players in the league right now. Uh, so that would be the biggest question. But just, like, from a pure talent perspective, and, you know, given that, you know, James Harden – He's, he's like a 35% shooter from three, I believe, even though he takes ridiculous <laughs> shots at times. I mean, I could, I could see where it could work. Uh, there's a lot of questions. I'm not saying it would for sure work, but, I mean, if, if it happened, I would talk myself into it. So, that's, that's where I'm at. Kurt? I don't think I could talk myself into it. I really don't. It, you – you have two – like, these guys literally have to have the ball in their hands all the time to do what they do best. You can only have one guy like that on your roster and realistically think it's going to work. Or not on your roster, but on the floor at one time to realistically think it can work. And if – you know, if if the ball is in James Harden's hands 80% of the time, what is Luka doing? And, and vice versa. Neither of them are good enough shooters to where you can be like, okay, go spot up over there and, you know, whatever – Go run around and get open because, like, you can't – they're not elite shooters. Harden is. If one of them yeah, is I, was about to, I was about to say, Harden – I have more confidence with Harden playing off ball than I do Luka as far as, like, a spot-up I mean, 35% shooter. is 35%. He's not yeah, but that's off of – that's where he is now. Like, that's what the garbage bullshit he takes as opposed to I, – I, I, I tend to side with Matt. But I, I, I also think from a – just from a thought exercise – I like the 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 concept of giving Rick Carlisle actual basketball talent. The thing that right. I keep coming back to in the last several weeks is that the Mavericks in the in the NBA playoffs in 2020 had four guys that were undrafted that played minutes. And I it it, it really makes me mad. It makes me mad. You know, I go back to last offseason where the Mavs proved themselves. I'm sorry they did. Anybody that says otherwise is is you know rose-colored glasses like Luca exists? This is great, but you can't walk away with Delon Wright, who forgot how to play basketball for half the year, and and then you know Seth Curry's been excellent. That's kind of where they are. What if if the Mavericks had some basketball talent? Is a thing that I think about a lot. Um, I don't think the personalities work because one thing about James Harden being in Houston has really underscored is is he's gotten away with being a different human. And I'm using the word different in as polite a context as I can. He is an unlikable person who other NBA players do not care for. Like, you shared that video of Giannis hitting him in the face in the All-Star game with the pass. Like, that wasn't not by accident. I feel pretty confident about that. You've watched enough of these drafts. There's, I think the guys that know him from way back like him, but 
you know, there's just a lot of unspoken like things with Harden. He's he's just a different dude. And so that kind of comes with its own set of problems because I think that we're going to see, you know, the Mavericks touched on this a little bit this year, is that Luca is a is a leader in his own right. Um, I think he took a lot of cues from J.J. Barea, but there were stories about how he really kept the team, him and Boban really, like, kept the team together in Orlando. And that – you don't want to take that from him in any way. And I, I think that's, that's a little bit important. Now, I do – what I do like, Dalton, is I love the concept of picking the bones of the Houston Rockets. And and I think we have to like like that. I don't think we can talk about it tonight because I don't know the enough of the depth. But I just like you go through their roster and it's like, oh, well, I like that guy. Ooh, I like They're Daniel all House. Amazing shooters. <laughs> I like guys that can hit shots. You know, I really also I've loved um, got P, I've loved PJ Tucker since he was at Texas when he was like a six five power forward back in the day, back when when people still did those sorts of things. Now so he's there's a six five center. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's a good point, Dalton. That's a really good point. So there's just there's enough about this to where big picture, I think yes, you will get rightfully executed, but your mind is in the place of how do we how do we how do we strip mine the rockets? And and that is a joyous exercise we should all engage in. Yeah, because I mean look, I mean I, I'm just like we like I mentioned before I even said it, sometimes Shams, you know, he He's right on par with Woj as far as, you know, breaking news and all that kind of stuff. But oh, hold on just a second. All right, it's giving me 10 more minutes. That's fine. We can do 10 minutes. We got okay. That's about where this is. You can edit okay. this out right. or keep it in. The people <laughs> love this. Okay. We only, have like two, we only have like one question left. Yeah. Okay, so Woj – and Shams, they're kind of on the same page as far as breaking news and everything. But we all know Shams has a problem sometimes with how he words things. Sure. So Not in English. I, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if the Mavs would actually take on, you know, bad contracts to get a star right now as much as, you know, I think Matt mentioned this a little bit earlier you know, maybe take on some expiring contracts with, uh, you know, that have some savvy veterans and would help the team next year. And then it opens up, you know, even more flexibility next offseason. So I feel like it's probably the latter. But when I read it the way I did, and then, I mean, I'm talking about five minutes later is when I read the Bobby Marks piece because, you know, Daryl Morey had just stepped down and I was just like, you know what? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it almost fits like a puzzle there because you, you get you get the feeling that Houston is going to blow this thing up because they really have they, they they can't go any higher you know I mean they're 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 strapped as far as money goes uh, they have zero picks I mean there's just not much they can do anymore so and I think that's probably why Dan Tony left. And I think that's why Daryl Morey left. They they knew it was over, and now they're about to, you know, clean shop, clean up shop. So that's where I'm at on that. Uh, okay, so the last question will be brief here. So just based off of that, I know my hardened trade scenario is like way out there, super galaxy brain and everything. But just based <laughs> off of those two things – what do you guys think? I mean, who is a star out there if the Mavs wanted to get somebody now in, 
and they could like take on a bad contract to get that star because really the only other situation I could think of was like if there was a way they could take John Wall to get Bradley Beal but I tried that so many different ways on the trade machine and it did not work (laughs) that John Wall contract is just horrible the guy's getting paid insane amounts of money I don't know how anybody could trade for that yeah I mean, it's just bad. So, I mean, what do you what what do you think, Matt? I mean, is there any other star out there that you think, okay, yeah, the Mavs could take on some a bad contract or so and get him this summer or this off season, rather? I mean, it's 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 really hard to say because I mean, how loose are we being with the term star? Um, I have ideas. I have no idea if they would work. Just you know, based off this conversation, but like. Is Victor Oladipo a star? Still, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I, See, I don't know. Here, like, here's the thing, and Kurt, Kurt, you can give your thoughts too before we head off here in a little bit. But another example, because y'all know I like Zach Levine, and I was looking at the Chicago roster, and I was like, I mean, is is Thaddeus Young is that considered a bad bad contract because he's making thirteen million over the next two years? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if that because he, he seems like a serviceable player, so I wouldn't think it. That, that's like the worst contract they have on their their roster, so I don't know if that would work. But Kurt, what what do you think? I mean, so I, this is kind of a roundabout way of answering your question, but today in fantasy football. I tried to trade Amari Cooper because Amari Cooper is not playing near as much as I think he he would like to be playing or because he's injured or some such way. And I went into like the fantasy football rankings and sorted like, you know, every possible player, uh, really running back and wide receiver, and then found where Amari was kind of ranked based off of, you know, ESPN. I can't remember if it was Yahoo's like nonsense ranking. And the the simple fact that I came up with is that when you really start, you know, looking for people, you end up kind of being disappointed in the specifics. And that ends up being a little bit of what we are talking about here, because at the moment, I don't really know who is disgruntled. We're going to talk about this on my podcast just after this, but right. you know, there, there's, there's buddy healed is, is a guy who's kind of pissy. I think the the closest thing to what we're talking about right now is what is or who is considered a distressed asset that doesn't want to be where he is anymore. And with how weird things are with, you know, COVID-19 and the kind of impending salary cap dip, or maybe not, like there's just a lot of uncertainty in the air. There's some things like that that really buck a lot of of the traditional stuff that happens in off seasons where you hear of guys being grumpy because a lot of these guys are, are and I, I heard about this on a, a hoop collective pod today where a lot of these guys are starting to realize that there's not you know their money is not actually guaranteed and so things are going to be getting a little funky so I, I, at the moment I don't know because it, it you know going back to your Aaron, like your, your your thoughts for for Gordon for example um eric gordon is he that different than tim hardaway like what is the right. like what it's at what point are you are you trading like for like um it's interesting because i'm not like luca's obviously to to us us three here he's a top five player 
what if Porzingis falls in that kind of hierarchy is, is probably the next is like a really interesting question because it really doesn't matter on the one hand, but on the other, when we're talking about like bringing in or, you know, trading for or, and, or like uh, free agency, a star, we're talking about somebody, are we talking about somebody worse than Porzingis or better than Porzingis? Like, I think that frames a lot of these conversations and I don't know where he fits because he had a, a really good year for, for, for him, but I don't know where that puts him in the context of NBA players. Does that make sense? Right. I mean, yeah, I agree with that. And, I mean, look, like you said, you really don't know right now. It's one of those deals where, like I said, just given the, the way Shams phrased it, it really got the wheels turning. Sure. <laughs> and then when I started looking, I was like, well, I mean, there's really not <laughs> – I just don't see much that could happen this offseason other than if the Houston Rockets, you know, it looks like they're going to blow it up. And, you know, I was able to match that based on what I read. So, right. that, that's where I was at. Uh, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it on that. But, look, guys, we're going to take off now. We're going to head over to Kirk's podcast. Kirk, your enthusiasm over on Mavs Moneyball. Definitely come over there and check that one out, too. We've got some more topics we're going to cover. Appreciate you coming in and listening to this one. Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe on all your favorite platforms. And we'll see you next week. Y'all have a good one. Take a step back, reminiscing about the old days when I hooped outside with my friends and drunk that OJ. Crossover doing step backs in a pair of J's. These days I'm by my chips like a bag of lays. I ain't lying when I tell you people ain't the same. How you real when you say your soul for the fame? Do anything for a dollar. I'ma stay patient cause I know God promised me a lot of Looked up the Dirk and MJ instead of blue collar. Excited at the idea of being a true baller. Riding in the bins, a copper and pile. Feeling like I made it, now they trying to holler. This how we thinking life's supposed to be. Media keeping all my friends close to me. Feeding me all the lies and propaganda in my eyes. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.